Welcome to another ABB Solutions podcast episode. I'm your host, Mike Murphy, speaking to you out of Greenville, South Carolina. Our current series has been focused on the water wastewater industry, and in our last episode, we discussed the benefits of using variable frequency drives in pumping applications. In this industry, 80% of the applications are pumps, but over 50% of energy consumption is in aeration. So we continue our series with properly sizing a VFD for your pump or aeration application. With us today, we have Jeff Bergman, Business Development Manager for Municipal and Industrial Water Wastewater. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. Great having you. All right, Jeff, we hear terms like constant and variable torque. Can you first review these two types of applications and then discuss which ones we'll encounter in this industry? That's a great question because uh, we, we actually get that question a lot. You know, when you're, when you're looking at the way that the VFDs are applied, uh, your biggest energy savings are with variable torque loads because you use a little bit of energy to get a little bit of flow, you use a lot more energy to get a lot of flow. So we can usually turn down the variable torque loads. And variable torque loads are any kind of uh, pump or blower uh, that is centrifugal, submersible styles, and all of those are, are also. Uh, and then a constant torque application would be uh, anything that, that like a sludge pump or a, a type of a pump, a peristaltic pump, a gear pump or something like that, that moves a consistent volume uh, based off of how it rotates or pushes it through the line. We all know a drive can save energy, so why not just put a VFD on every motor in your plant? Well, Mike, you'd make me very happy if we did that, but you know, uh, there, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put a VFD on every single motor out there in the industry because sometimes we turn a motor on and it might not uh, need to vary speed. Uh, it might not all uh, even add any value to being able to control it. So, for example, uh, if we're transferring water from one tank to another, you turn the pump on and it maybe runs six or eight hours at a time, uh, that really doesn't add any value using a VFD. Now, you could do some calculations to decide, uh, you know, if you do it at six hours at this energy rate and you do it at seven hours at this energy rate, is there really an energy savings? You've got to look at your ability or what you need in the process to control it. Uh, you also want to look at, does it really make sense? Sometimes a, a soft starter might be really all you need to start or stop or control that uh, pump or, or blower. So we know many of these applications we're going to be discussing are variable torque. I now understand I need a drive. What's my next step? When we size a drive, you're actually sizing the drive to run a motor. And we really do care about the type of application you're applying it to, whether it's a blower or a pump or a bell press or whatever you're connected to. But the most important information you can tell us is the, is the actual nameplate on the motor. Uh, one of the things that if you look at my cell phone, you'll notice there's pictures of my wife and my kids, but also I got lots of pictures of motor nameplates. And that's because that tells me a lot of information about the uh, pump or application that I'm sizing it for. Uh, so that's a very, very important part because when we size a VFD4 motor, I don't really care about the horsepower. What I'm really looking for is the, is the amperage rating. How much current does that load uh, need to run? And then uh, we apply that through the VFD because the VFD is actually developing that current and voltage of that motor uh, needs to run that application. You know, some of the other things that you probably want to keep uh, aware of when you're doing that, though, Mike, when you're applying a VFD, you, you want to look at not only making sure you're sizing right, also make sure that your overload capabilities are sized correctly. We talked about constant torque and variable torque. Uh, what we see in variable torque applications uh, is the need for about 110% overload. Uh, and that's because uh, pumping is actually, from our point of view, a pretty easy application. Uh, even when you've got uh, wastewater uh, walk, uh, moving around inside of the pump. But if you're pumping s higher solids contents, uh, you're using a bar screen or a progressive cavity pump or those kinds, 
that means a little bit more overload because it's sometimes a little bit harder to operate and run in normal operations. So in that case, we need a little bit of a higher overload uh, setting. And that's where more of that constant torque uh, application setting would be. Uh, you also always want to make sure you're taking care of uh, the enclosure rate. Uh, you know, we don't want to mount a drive that's designed for indoor use outside. Um, and, and we'll see a lot of times where you'll mount a, a VFD that's rated for an outdoor enclosure inside because there's a lot of moisture, a huge amount of dust, dirt, and debris floating around and flying around in the plants. Uh, so you always want to do everything you can do to protect uh, the electronics in the VFD. You get much longer life out of it, a little more robust installation uh, by watching out for all of those different things. All right. So I can only imagine some of these facilities are pretty old, right? Uh, you might have motors that uh, might be 20 years or even more. Uh, what kind of concerns should we be aware of prior to pairing a motor to a drive? The uh, age of a lot of water and wastewater facilities uh, across the United States varies from some of them as much as 100 years old to some of the more newer recent ones being built. And, and you've got some concerns on some uh, earlier equipment or some older equipment. You know, just uh, first of all, we'll start talking about the, uh, the motor itself. Uh, the motor windings uh, inside of the, of the motor itself might uh, be uh, toward the end of their life. Uh, you might need to rewind the motor or get it rewound. Also, keeping up with the bearings uh, in both the motor and in the pumps and the seals in those pumps. You always want to make sure that those are newer or fresher because when you're varying the speed, you put a little bit of a, a different load on the motor and the, and the bearings and the seals in there. So you always want to make sure you're accommodating that. Um, and some of the things you've got to be very concerned about and very aware of are the length of the motor cable. Now, that's the distance from that VFD to the motor that it's connected to. Uh, and it might be 100 feet or 150 feet. If that motor is put down on a well, it might be you know two or 300 or 500 feet away. So you've got some issues with the output generated by that VFD maybe affecting the life of that motor. And in those cases, that uh, may need additional filtering like a, a DVDT filter. Uh, you might have a common mode filter or a big uh, sine wave filter. And, and those are mainly to protect that motor, make that motor last longer, because when you've got it in a deep well, it's expensive to pull back out. Uh, when you've got a big a big motor, uh, it's an expensive acquisition, it's expensive capital expenditure, and you wanna make sure that you're gonna give it the longest life it can. So not only do we have an aging infrastructure, but we also want that structure infrastructure to last longer and give us the most value for our buck. I know ABB has a lot of types of drives, but isn't a drive a drive? Uh, don't they pretty much do the same thing? For example, is there really a difference in the type of drive you'd see in like a general industrial or HVAC? Well, and you wouldn't believe how many times a day I get that question from engineers and end users uh, because they do say, hey, a drive is a drive. And, and it's kind of a misnomer because everybody makes drives a little bit differently. I mean, we all control the speed of the motor. But uh, some VFDs have longer motor cable runs and can run a motor at a longer cable run. Some uh, VFD manufacturers uh, have different uh, communication modules inside of them. For example, if you're on an industrial application or building, you're having a building management system or you're, you're operating with a SCADA system inside of a, a water wastewater facility, you might need to have a different protocol for communications. Uh, so each of those drives has a different protocol. Each of those drives has different out the way it runs. For industrial, we might be, if you're in a rock crusher, you're much more interested or concerned with torque, uh, with the development of, of the force to break the rocks or long conveyor belts for mining and, and, and backhoes and those kind of things. So for HVAC, uh, it's very different because you're, you're typically on fans, you're blowing air, you're maybe uh, pumping chilled water loops and those kind of things. And then in water and wastewater, 
you're typically, you're going to pump water, clean water, you're going to pump dirty water, you're going to press that uh, sludge that's developed. So there's a lot of different applications and different requirements and different enclosure ratings. Uh, and as a result of that, we end up, uh, as all manufacturers in the industry, we end up with two or three different VFD lines, uh, a general industrial line, uh, and then an HVAC line, and then the uh, water and wastewater line. So Jeff, you mentioned SCADA. Uh, what does that mean? Is that anything like scuba? <laughs> well, it, it's not a self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, but it's a supervisory control and data acquisition. It's actually the uh, network uh, that controls a, a water or wastewater facility. Typically in a wastewater plant or a water plant, you've got a chief operator and he sits in a room with a bunch of computers on the system and he's looking at the demand that the system, the people are using water or they're generating wastewater and shipping it back into the plant. Uh, and this is his ability to look at how fast it's coming in for the wastewater or how fast it's going out for the water. And it uh, allows him to kind of do uh, the, the supervisory to look at it and see, hey, I need to you know, get more pumps online for more clean water. Uh, I need to uh, maybe bump the uh, aeration up of my wastewater because I've got a little bit more stuff coming in. So each of those uh, industrial uh, drives have different communication protocols. Uh, as I said, HVAC uses a network called BACnet. Uh, in water wastewater, we typically use a protocol uh, for SCADA using different communication ways that we transfer that data. Uh, and then industrially, we've got uh, 10 or 12 other uh, networks that uh, the VFDs work on and communicate on. What type of protection features would a drive see or or would you want to make sure a drive has in this industry? You know, that's, that's uh, another very great question because we get that a lot there. For industrial, you know, you're going to want to protect a lot of different things and uh, you have a lot of SIL ratings and and those are people personnel protection. Uh, in the water wastewater industry and in pumping applications, we have a lot of things where we want to protect not only the people, but we also want to protect the equipment. Uh, we put a lot of uh, pump protective features uh, inside of the VFD that, that keep debris from building up on the impeller by running a pump clean uh, algorithm that rotates the impeller back and forth uh, and dislodges strings and debris that build up on the impellers. Uh, we have uh, the ability to pre-decide if we're going to see cavitation in a pump. So because cavitation creates small air bubbles that actually will degrade the impeller and cause it to actually disintegrate the way it operates into there. Uh, you also have applications where if a well is running dry, uh, there might not be enough water for the pump to pump. And then it has no way to cool itself or lubricate itself and it could actually burn itself up. So uh, we've got dry pump protection for no flow or low flow conditions uh, on that. So there's a lot of... Uh, protective features inside of the VFD that help protect the load that it's applied to, the application that's applied to. Uh, and it's not only just personnel protection for fault short circuits, but it's also protecting the equipment itself. Okay, great. You've been giving us a lot of good information. So Jeff, I've got one last question. Uh, the term resilience comes up a lot. What does resiliency mean? And second, how does ABB help with this issue? You know, resilience is a, is a very big thing. And in, in the way we would typically use that in our day-to-day discussions would be more like backup or, or your secondary controls. Uh, you know, we, uh, I, you know, I live in Florida and uh, we have a lot of hurricanes. So there's a condition that if we have a hurricane, we might lose power. And if we lose power, we've got to have a backup generator for power. So resiliency is the same way because if we want clean water or we want the wastewater moving away from our homes, uh, we've got to be able to power these and operate them in pretty much any kind of condition that's uh, that's going on. So uh, we end up with a resilient system where we'll have our primary system, which is uh, utility power and the SCADA system. But uh, if we have a significant hurricane hit or we have another rain event or weather event or tornado or something, we might lose uh, either utility power and or 
our communications, our SCADA system. So if we lose that, uh, we need to have the ability to operate and control because we, st we don't want the wastewater coming back in everybody's homes. We want it going away into the plants. Uh, and we also want to have good, clean, safe water coming into their houses. So uh, uh, resiliency, uh, uh, has we have a lot of controls built into the drive that say, okay, if I lose the SCADA, I'll automatically turn over to this backup system and I'll control the VFD watching for pressure or flow, uh, making sure that uh, I still keep the, the wastewater flowing out or the water, clean water flowing back in. Uh, that really makes a difference. And, and sometimes you'll even have uh, even a third uh, uh, backup system uh, so that, you know, if you have a, your, your primary system fails, your secondary system has a catastrophe, you've got a, a manual system where the guys can go through and manually with uh, float switches, turn it off when it, the well gets high or turn it uh, on when the well gets low. Uh, you've got uh, those different uh, capabilities too. So resiliency, uh, not only with the aging infrastructure, resiliency means that that aging infrastructure will support us uh, in any kind of uh, adverse conditions. Okay, great. All right, so that is all the time we have. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for talking with us on properly sizing your VFD for your pump or aeration application. Remember, if you would like more information on ABB drives, contact your local ABB sales representative, or if you have any other questions or comments regarding a podcast series, visit us at us-solutions at abb.com. Thanks and have a great rest of your day.